This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, medieval scholars said that the human being is a kind of microcosm. What they meant was, in us you can see, in a certain way, the whole of the cosmos. Because we contain in ourselves both the spiritual and the physical. It's as though the angelic and the animal meet in us. And they said, that's the glory of humanity. That's a point of pride that we bring together these two great elements of the cosmos. I think we can see pretty easily that they're right. That we combine these two often conflicting qualities. The psalmist said, Lord, you've made us little less than a god. With glory and honor you've crowned us. That's true, isn't it? In our spiritual powers. We can soar with the soliloquies of Shakespeare. We can take in the melodies of Mozart, the symphonies of Beethoven. We can build high-level computers. We can design machines that fly through the galaxies. We can lose ourselves in the contemplative ecstasy of prayer. In all these ways, we are like angels. We're like spirits. We tend upward. But at the same time, whether we like it or not, we're animals, we human beings. We got these grubby and wonderful bodies. I can sit in my chair at night and read a book, read a book of Aristotle or Plato or Thomas Aquinas, and I can be totally enraptured in the book, soaring with these glorious, angelic ideas. And then I get hungry. Then I get thirsty. Then I get too hot or too cold. I'm reminded vividly of this body and its demands. Even as I'm soaring with the angels, I realize my link to the animals. And of course, it's not just negative. The body is filled with these wonderful powers and passions and instincts that carry us away and inspire us. At times we love just to exercise our muscles and to run and to swim and to jump. You know, just the joy and exuberance of being an embodied creature. That's part of our glory, too. That's part of the wonder of being a human being. Did you ever notice this? When you go to the zoo, or you watch animals in a documentary or something, that occasionally they'll remind us vividly of ourselves. Just the way they're, they're sitting or reclining or looking, especially when you see one of the great apes to whom we are closely related. You know, you look at their hands and their fingers and their faces, and you realize how like us they are, how like them we are. We're like angels, yes. 
And we're like the apes. We're like pure spirits in one sense. And, and we're like animals. It's our glory. And it's the source of a lot of the tension of human life. William Faulkner said this in his Nobel Prize acceptance speech. Out of the quarrel with others, we make rhetoric. Out of the quarrel with ourselves, we make poetry. Isn't it true? So much of poetry and drama and literature and art is generated by these inner conflicts. You might say the conflict between the angel in us and the animal in us. You know, there are times that we just would love to escape from the body. Other times the body would just like the soul to get lost. That's the struggle, the tension. In the biblical vision, this is one of the faces of sin. Let me say it again. One of the faces of sin, in the biblical perspective, is this tension or disassociation between mind and body, between spirit and flesh, between the angel in us and the animal in us. A sign of salvation is the reconciliation of these powers, which is what God intended, of course, that the two be together. Look now at the history of philosophy. As human beings struggling with this very issue have tried to resolve it, one way they've done it is through a kind of imperialist aggression. Go back to the text of Plato. Plato says, Oh, I am a soul, I am a spirit that is imprisoned in this body. This grubby body with its needs and, and drawing me down to the earth. I'm a spirit who longs to escape. In fact, for Plato, the whole philosophical life is nothing but a training for death. As I rise up to a contemplation of abstract truth, I'm anticipating that wonderful day when I will be able to wiggle free of this mortal stuff. I'll be able to escape from the prison of the body. One of Plato's disciples, Plotinus, a few centuries after Plato, was once described this way. Plotinus was someone who was never really at home in his body. You ever feel that way? That's the way the Platonist always sort of felt. Not quite at home with the body. In fact, he was longing to escape from it. Christians, all forms of dualism and puritanism participate in this Platonic style. Oh, if I can just put to death the body put to death the body and its needs. I can free the soul for a pure spiritual life. There's an opposite way of solving this problem, the tension between the body and the soul. The opposite way is also a very ancient philosophical path, the path of hedonism. Pleasure is what life's all about, the pleasure of the body, sex and food and sensual pleasure. The mind, the soul, they get in the way. Bracket them as much as possible. Put them to sleep. Put them to death. Let the body exert itself. Let the body and its needs be primary in your life. 
That's hedonism. An ancient idea, yes, and one that's echoed up and down the centuries to the present day. Watch much of television, by the way, and you will see an awful lot of hedonism on display. Whether you're watching MTV or watch uh, Hugh Hefner, you'll find that same principle, that the body and its pleasures and its needs, they are paramount in your life. And as much as possible, put these, these annoying demands of the soul and the, body and soul and the spirit to the side. Another way to solve this problem, compartmentalize your life. Well, okay, I know I've got angelic tendencies. I know I've got the spirit and mind in me, so sometimes I will live that side of my life. And I know I've got these bodily needs and bodily desires, and so other times I will, I will emphasize that. And I will keep these two sides of my life separate. Oh, now I'm like a monk. I'm living my monastic side. Now I'm like a scholar, like a philosopher. And now I'm, I'm living the life of a hedonist. Now I'm living my animal side. And the two are separated out. Christians, all three of those are false solutions. All three of those are the result of sin. How do we know? Because God made us as a composite of body and soul. God made us that way, and he wants us to flourish precisely that way. Listen now to some of the, uh, uh, the passage here from the book of Genesis, our first reading. God said to Noah, See, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. Whom is God making his covenant with? Noah, yes, and with all of creation. You know, in the ancient world, this was a source of scandal. Many ancient philosophers said, well, God can't be concerned with something as grubby as the material world. Birds and trees and plants. Come on. God is purely spiritual. This is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible makes all things seen and unseen. He makes all that creep and crawl upon the earth, all that fly through the air, all of the seed-bearing plants. God revels in the material world. He loves matter. He makes his covenant with us, and with the whole of his material creation. Our God does not despise matter. He loves matter. And he intends us to be saved precisely as a hybrid of body and soul. Listen now to a bit of this very short reading from the Gospel of Mark. The Spirit sent Jesus out toward the desert. He stayed in the wasteland 40 days put to the test there by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Mark's very brief, very laconic description of the temptation. But what he presents to us, I think, is a beautiful sort of icon. Jesus is in the desert. The angels are waiting on him, 
and he's with the wild beasts. Jesus, as it were, bringing together the spiritual and the physical. The angels waited on him, and he was with the beasts. What's God's purpose for us? To be saved as he made us. Embodied spirits, spiritualized bodies as a unity. Not by separating them out, putting them at war with each other. In fact, that is one of the faces of sin. Christians, we're entering now into the season of Lent. We follow Jesus into the desert. What is the gospel today telling us? It's telling us that one of the disciplines of Lent is learning how to integrate body and soul. How to integrate the angelic in us and the animal in us. What's the point of the disciplines of Lent? From prayer to fasting to almsgiving? Well, it addresses the whole person. And its ultimate purpose, I think, is to bring together into a harmony these two elements. How are we saved? As a whole person. What does sin do to us? It drives us apart, sets us at war with ourselves. As you enter into the desert, you enter into the discipline of Lent. Keep this in mind. God wants us as one, as whole, and to be saved, yes, with the angelic in us, but with the beast as well, yes, the soul, but the body as well, all one, all saved by Christ. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360. You want the kids to eat healthy foods. They want fast foods and sugary snacks. What's a parent or school administrator to do? Call FSP. We provide nutritious, kid-tested, kid-approved meal service to area schools. Our quality breakfast, lunch, and snack plans are easy to implement and affordable. Take the guesswork out of mealtime by calling FSP at 773-385-5100. FSP, we're more than a school food service.